We there yet? We there yet? The podcast with Rich Kiamko. Ah, that's me. (laughs) Hi, welcome back to WTY We There Yet podcast. I'm here today on location in New York City with Sean Donnelly. Hello. Hello. How are you? I love your hat. It's definitely like wind chill <laughs> of like minus five today. Yeah, I know. It's really cold outside. And then, so I wear these hat. I wear the hat because it's cold, but then I come in and I'm, I haven't gotten a haircut in a while. So now my, I, I didn't want you to think I was like a mental patient with my <laughs> hair all over the place. So I was like, I'm going to keep the hat on so my hair, I don't, my, you don't see my weird like balding front of my head, you know, like, like I look like a, like, like Doc Brown from Back to the Future hair or something weird like that. <laughs> right. So that's why I right. did that. But yeah. You're wearing, but you're wearing like a really light jacket. I'm wearing a pretty light jacket for. Well, you know what it is when you have natural fat padding, and like, and not to not to <laughs> harp on the fat thing, but it's true. So like, you I identify as as fat. I, oh, I'm a fat dude. Yeah, okay. definitely. I'm not the fattest dude, but I'm a fat dude. Yeah, <laughs> you mean and well. I yeah, I mean well. I'm well, I'm well upholstered, if you want to put it that way. Um, so basically. I think that's what it does. I think if I'm I'm a little bit heavier, so I think it helps out that way. It makes you warmer than normal. So oh, I wear wow. the, the skinnier jacket. Cause I went out this morning. I guess I saw it was 20 degrees, and I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be brutal." So I wore my winter coat to walk my dog when I got up, and then I went I, I went outside, and I was like, "Oh, it's not that bad." And I grabbed the jacket. I think the sun, and it's not as windy today as it was yesterday. Oh, okay. Well, I, I live in Jersey. So Maybe I, it's like 30 oh, degrees lower. Yes, it is. Yeah, is it definitely it? is. Yeah, because oh, you go out to Brooklyn. like I'm from Long. I live in Brooklyn, but I'm from Long Island, and if I if you go out to Long Island. It's, w- it's colder. Oh, okay. And you have to get out of the city because the city is always warmer because oh, right. of the buildings. All yeah. the buildings and all this, like. Yeah, and I think where it's situated, I think, is warmer as well. Oh. Because huh. I, I'll tell you, especially where I live in Brooklyn. I live in North Brooklyn. I don't know where you Where do you live in Jersey the, City? Yeah, Jersey City. Oh, Jersey City. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the same kind of thing. I thought you meant like Jersey, Jersey. Oh, like, no, like, no. oh. You know, yeah, so same kind of thing where it's like, I think, like, I don't know how slammed you guys get when there's storms over there, but like, where we are in North Brooklyn. I think we're situated far enough from the water and far enough from that that we don't get it that bad when ah. there's like crazy storms. Because I remember, remember that what was it when Sandy happened? Yeah, Hurricane yeah. Sandy happened, which was, which was terrible. You're high, are you high up? Like well, um, you didn't flood? No, no, I didn't flood. No, I'm not near. I'm not like by you know Bay Ridge or anything like that. I'm I'm like right. by Williamsburg, and oh, I remember okay. people. At the next day, people. I remember seeing posts from people who were like in certain areas in the city, and they were like. Yeah, that wasn't so bad. And then people were like, screw you, I lost my house. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. people were like, uh, yeah, it was. It was bad. You just didn't get hit that hard. So I think there's certain areas of the city that if you're not close enough to the watermark, you don't you don't get slammed as hard. Right. Know? Yeah. Right. So whatever. That's yeah. weather talk. That this was our weather. This isn't a weather <laughs> podcast, but yeah. So that's why I think it's not as bad by where we live. We're know, doing whatever. weather crowd work. Weather crowd work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's your favorite storm front? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> take my take my low pressure zone, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly, uh, exactly. Now, Sean, you've recently hit the tri. Well, I, won't, I don't know if we want to call if it's officially called a trifecta, but you've you did Letterman like two years I ago. I did Letterman like two two and a half years ago. Then yeah, you had a half hour on Comedy Central. Then I had yeah. Conan. You just did Conan. Yes, yeah, it's so not I even on your fu- it's not even on your your website yet. <laughs> The Conan? Oh, the Conan set? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I haven't. I haven't changed my bio. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. it's been so. It's just, just you know. It so just recent. happened, like yeah, yeah. in November. Yeah, yeah. So, so I had a good week. Like, like in November, I had a really good week where, and it was, it was planned that way, kind of. Like it just, ha- you know, it was pretty much planned that way. But it, it helped a lot because it was. I did, uh, Conan, and then I had an album come out on uh, Friday, and then I had on Saturday I had the half hour air. 
Jeez. So that was like three things in a row that were like ridiculous. How, how was that? I mean, we did you you knew it was happening, but like, how did you feel? Like, were you able to take it? Because I, whenever something happens, I don't know, with self-loathing comics, it's have to I, hard to feel you victory. You don't, you yeah, it's like you feel you feel great and you feel crappy at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel I feel great because I was like, wow, this is the one. The, this is when I felt great, and you're right. It's for com- comics we do this. I'm very hard on myself, and I'm very like like you said, self-loathing. So when I thought about it for a while, I felt great. When I was like, wow, that really, I'm really excited about this. When I really, really thought about it, but in face value, when I was talking to people about it, I have this thing, and I think it's the way I was raised, where I don't want to be like, yeah, I just did Conan. No, like, I didn't want. I don't yeah. want to brag. I don't want people to think I'm bragging. So you raised Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Yeah, yeah I was raised. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's like this whole like you're ashamed for victory, but you should make victories. But then you should be ashamed, ashamed. of yourself for talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. weird. Like eat your food. You're fat. Yeah, 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 See, yeah, you're yeah, fat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just exactly, weird. Exactly. Exactly. So you could never. Did you ever? I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't. When I would talk to other people about it, I didn't want them to think that I was trying to big time them right, or something. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't want them to think like, yeah, I did. Con- it was awesome. I'm awesome. Like I didn't want to think right. like that. And that's not what people. I go to therapy for it and stuff like that. Like that's not what people think. They don't think that. But I, I mean, guess, there are people that there are, are people like that. that. Do that. There are people like that. But and I'm, if you think that way, you probably never be that way. If you're worried about being that <laughs> right. way, you're not going to be that way. But right. I still can't stop it. So. I that's the that's the time I wasn't enjoying it when I was like when I was talking to people about it and I'd be like yeah I got this this and this and then online I would post I this stuff was posted about it online and I was like um I was like oh I'm gonna start annoying people on their Facebook now because they're gonna be like oh enough of Donnelly this week you know what I'm saying like right, I thought of it that way right. but but that wasn't it people were happy and they were, they were happy for me and they were they were really cool for the most part if they right. weren't they were pretty silent about it you know right were, right so so it, you know of course you're gonna have jerks that are like you know of course there's stuff that, that craziness there is things that are people that are gonna fit into that theory you know right. what I'm saying that are gonna be like like hate, what do you want to call them haters or whatever right, I, don't, right. I don't use the word haters because I, I I'm 37 and I feel weird <laughs> saying but right like, right. Because we're not wearing skinny jeans and yeah, exactly. riding a unicycle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't. I don't say haters, but there are those types of people that um, that will react like that. But I didn't encounter it that much. I'm sure it was in the shadows or whatever it was. So that's what I would enjoy when I really sat down and I was like, holy cow, this is like. And right before the things, like right before Conan, I was like, wow, this is a big deal to me and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. then the uh, the album was weird because the album I just it was so. You work on it for a while, so then you do the taping, and then I had to do that. You have to edit it yourself, pretty much. So you tell them they edit it, but you have to tell them what you want edited for it, like right, the, the way right. I did it. So it was like you have to be like, "Hey, come in here, come out here." This joke from this show, this joke from this. I did, I did it between two shows, right? Right, right. So I was right. So, so you really have to do like surgery, like okay, use the arm from this one, yeah, and use the exactly. other finger from this one. I want the toe, yeah. put the toenail of this on yeah, that. Can you, exactly. Could you? Did you actually break some jokes apart? Pr- no, pretty much. I did it where it was pr- pretty. Pr- Full, full on bits, and then I think I threw in. I put crowd work on my album, and I took crowd work from a show, and then I, I, I took me talking about something. I took me talking about the topic, and there was crowd work from another thing that oh, fit into it, thing, and okay. I, and I put, and I added it to the end of that. But that was pretty much it. The rest of it was like full bits getting transferred back and forth. But there was cuts being made, so it was right. there was like, hey, do this without the last ten seconds of it. Do this without this. You know, whatever okay. it was. Okay. So that takes a while, and I also, like we were just talking about. I, I don't like listening to myself, so <laughs> I basically I by the end of it I was so sick of hearing this album that I was like ugh, and I was like I don't even know if it's gonna be good whatever. And then I put it out and I forget you forget the idea that once you put it out there it's out there for people to like comment on and like listen to and like whatever it was and there was a fairly 
a good reaction to the album. Like I, nobody was negative to me per se. Like personally, like nobody shot me a message or anything. The only thing that was happened was after the Conan, I got like a hate tweet after Conan. That was the only thing that happened. <laughs> but that's a, that's that's yeah. the victory. Yeah, that's the victory. The victory. If you're so yeah. <laughs> out there that people are hating you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Yes, I'm I mean, I don't know. I'm trying I'm to affirm. Right. I'm yeah. affirm like the because did the, you did you feel like. Your head? Did you get into a spiral? Like, ah, oh, shit! This one per one person. Yeah, kind of. I I was I did, and then I I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna call them out. And I wrote on. T- I didn't put their name, but I put them on Twitter. I'm like, I was like, maybe it's somebody I know. So I was like, I said somebody hate tweeted me, and they're too much of a, a, a wimp to, to to tell me who it is. And nobody responded to that. But I was. But then, but I told people about it. They were like, oh, that's what they said exactly what you just said. They go, oh, you've arrived. That's what happens. If you get hate right. mail, that means you've arrived. Right. So I, it bothered me for a little while, but not really. No, it was like I was okay with it for the most part. But know? I think it's tricky. I think because comics are psychic. It's weird. Everyone always thinks we're so brave and yeah. so powerful. And then, yeah. But then one, any, one, thing. one little thing. Yeah. Like even my husband will say, hey, do you want a little feedback about – to, yeah, and this I'm like, joke, okay, joke, yeah. hold on. I need, I need, a, I need an affirmation hug first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I, okay, just, I just want to remind you, I'm the comic. You're the supportive yeah, spouse. Yeah, yeah. And I, set this it up is, you know, I have to set up for myself to not knife him. You have to make it a safe zone. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's weird. Because we have this this really delicate kind of sensitive. That's why we write. That's why we do this. Yeah, right. Exactly. I mean, we, we don't. We put it. We're putting ourselves out there so much that we don't. Like, uh, we don't want to get rejected, basically. Right, right. We really we want to be amazing all the time. Even though, realistically, we know we're not. Nobody can be amazing all the time. Right. You know, everybody, ha- you have to fail to, to become amazing. You have to you have to fail. So, th- failing is part of the process, and we know that. And everybody's bombed, and everybody's done stuff. But it's, on top of it, you don't want that. You want the opposite. You want it to be amazing all the time. All you want the time. things to be working out. A twenty-four hours a day. Right. Every new joke should just crush. Yeah. As soon as you say it. As soon it. as you say it. And 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 that's that's so ridiculous. But you you have it. You can't help but feel that way. And right. then and then when you think about it, you realize you go, oh okay, and you feel better for a while. But then when it happens again, you're like, it's like you're starting from right. Like, it could be the, day the, one. Yeah. The, the first tackle. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like um, that that tweet I got was like the 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 online equivalent of that person and when you're doing well at a show and that person one person, that one not person laughing who's stonewalling you yeah, right, yeah their yeah. arms are crossed yeah. they're just sitting there yeah exactly right. so that was what that felt like for me I was kind of like oh it's one I just want to get this one guy why does he hate me like whatever and, and then after a while I was okay with it but if it happened again I'd probably be like oh, I'd be bugged again and then I would go through the same process yeah there could be one person that's just there there are there are internet trolls that just want to hate on something well you yeah know? To- and then I think that was what this guy I think they wore that I think they were they were hating on the, a, lot of, a lot of stuff. Right, yeah. right. I mean, and also, it, it is it, you know, in my own personal uh, kind of recovery and and therapy, it's like it's none of my business. I mean, you don't even. It's only going to make me crazy. To, I don't obsess about you know the granny three doors down what she's doing tonight. Yeah, right. Why exactly. do I care what this Why other person? You know, yeah, who happened? Well, to because he directed something <laughs> towards you. Yeah, but it's exactly. It's still not about me. Yeah, no, no, you no, know, no even, yeah. You know, it's still about you and your. In your miserable childhood, which is probably just as miserable as mine, or maybe more. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, right, exactly. But you didn't get on a mic. You decided to just watch people that got on a mic. And yeah, you decided yeah. to just comment. Like, it's just like, okay, if you're going to comment, you're not creating anything. You're not really doing anything. And I think it's like – and I think it makes you it, – it's one of those things where I, it make, does make you a stronger performer, and it makes you a stronger person to get that kind of treatment because it makes you more callous. It makes you – I think I think you're dealing with – I think I deal with it better every time it happens. Right. And I think – up recently I realized I was like I'm just gonna do what I do 
it's wor- it's worked out for the most part. Yeah, I've, I've for the most part. For the most it's part. not like you're homeless now. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. You're married. You have a dog. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so I'm gonna do what I do on stage, and it's gonna. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. I can't really. I'm gonna. I, I'm always trying to get better. I think that's another thing with as a sign of a good comic. I'm always trying to get funnier. You always want to be funnier, and you always want to get better. And that's if that helps. If you get a little bit of that criticism, it helps you go. Oh, okay, like you get a little bit of thing. Like, you try to take whatever you can from it. But if it's garbage, it's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Right. If it's just if it's just generic, just like I hate you kind of thing. It's right. like oh, you have nothing to add to this. If right. you have a, a valid critique that I might be like, hey, I have an issue with that myself. Then maybe I'll think about it. But you know, if you're just you know just generically being like you suck, and it's like, right, yeah. Well, but if, if it, the yeah. tweets like that tag seemed uh, unidentified to the other theme of your identity, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Then it'd be like, like okay, well maybe well, I maybe you're right. <laughs> maybe I'll maybe I'll revisit that. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> right. But basically, yeah. So that's the way I feel like. I'm now instead of I just try to use it to the positive now if it happens where it's like where it's like it, it'll just make me sh- like it'll, it just gives you a little bit of armor maybe you know what right. I'm saying that's right. the way I feel about when I go out there I don't know how you when you go out there I don't know what how you've been doing comedy how long God uh, 2009 okay okay cool so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm a little bit longer I'm like almost 10 years in but like basically I used to especially with you, you started in New York too or Jersey or New yeah, York, New York yeah. the crowds around here it's such a battle a lot of the time, especially the shows you have to do in the beginning of your career, that I, for years, I was like, I just, I'm going to win you over. It's me versus you, and I'm going to get you. I think I had that mindset for so long. Right. And now, the past few years, what I've been trying to do is going, I've been trying, because what I realized, I've been doing the road a little bit more, and what I realized is uh, that most audiences, when they come, they're on your side from the beginning. Right. They want it to go well. And it's well. different. It, do you feel like you have two different sets, like the road, the further out you go... The further out I go, it's, I, it's I don't a different, have two different type sets. of audience. It is a different type of audience, and I I don't have two different sets. But what I do have is I have jokes I omit. I have I have obviously right. city jokes and whatever else. Right. And then I uh, so I definitely have things I leave out. So I guess that could be constitute two different sets. But yeah, I do a lot of the stuff I do is if I'm doing marriage stuff that'll work out. Then if I do fat guy stuff, it'll work out. It will work pretty much anywhere. But right. I'm doing like a New York thing on something or like a subway joke or like a I have a joke about uh, this homeless dude giving the finger to an ambulance that I do now but I'm like I can't really do that on the road because then they'll be like well you, th- you lost this as a homeless and subway you know like right yeah, right right right, right, whatever. right, like, like, right so they're not going to be into that but I uh, yeah I do I do approach it differently I definitely approach it differently because yeah. there's certain jokes a certain sensibility like I'll do a joke that's something about you know Asians look young which like yeah. in New York, it's like oh please, but <laughs> it's an apl- like an applause break on the yeah. road, and I have to yeah. I would go well you know it's gonna make this I know this and I do it and they're all like woo I'm like oh it's so stupid yeah you but mean like you out on the road you yeah, yeah yeah but I'm like but you gotta do it because you're like yeah because uh, then I do my joke about gentrification they don't know what that is it's just white people <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, yeah I can't yeah, do that they live in a gentrified town or whatever right right yeah, like, I mean like they're they are gentrified they just right just waiting to go gentrify a place right 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 they're the reserves they they were the original gentrification they just kicked all of them yeah there isn't like white people came and then the black people and dark people <laughs> came and then the white people came back yeah right that's gentrification exactly. but out <laughs> yeah. there it's just like no the white people have just been here we've been we here killed. yeah there's we no killed everyone else off we don't know yeah. what gentrification exactly is. yeah so because they don't have like the they don't have that experience like that's what i've realized also i like did you grow up in jersey as well or no, i grew up in illinois oh, okay. a small town outside of chicago well I, as a white kid growing up in the suburbs and I was, i've been trying i was thinking about this recently where i'm like I feel like you grow up. I grew up in Long Island, and I grew up a half hour from New York City, and I still think you grew up. It's not this outward, just this completely like like 
this outward racism, but it's this kind of racism that you get because you have no experience with right. any other no cultures. Exposure, right. No exposure. So you hear black jokes or you hear Asian jokes and you go, oh, that's funny because my dad's friends might have laughed at it or it's like, I, it just sounds funny to me. You don't even know what you're laughing at almost. Right, right. And then when I, you, well, then I cracked my voice, I'm like, and then, and then when you <laughs> hit puberty. Yeah, I just hit puberty now. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, and then when you, when I moved towards Brooklyn, I was like, not, that's not when you realize. I think you know, co maybe college or like you know, when when you get out of it and you and you actually are in the world, you kind of like, what the hell, what? And it was never. It's never like a mean thing. It's never like a thing where it's like, like when I was growing up, any kind of any kind of that that like covert racism was. It was never like, hey, get him. It was more like a thing like, <laughs> oh, this is just goofy and funny, and like we, we just thought this is jokes. Like you know what I'm saying? Right. And then once you get to be like 18 and you start to go out and you're like, you meet people, you're like, oh no, this is really hurtful and it's really not. <laughs> Cool, <laughs> right, and it's and right, right. let me be a let me be a, like a, a regular person, like you know, right. in the world. You know, because you saying? could just call anyone a fag back in yeah, the day. Yeah, oh, you could do whatever. Right. Oh, totally. That was like, and, and and like I'm saying, like that's what I'm saying. When you're a kid and you do that, and I don't even remember really doing that as a kid, to be honest. I know I probably did that, or who the hell knows? But you grew up in the '80s and '90s, and I. It's one of those things where you didn't even know. I didn't know what it meant. Like you don't even right. know. You know what it means. You think it means like dumb or stupid, but the fact that it mean it, it got to mean that is what the problem is, and that's it's like a whole thing where it's like a, it's a whole issue. That's why it's like it's that's why it's now. Thank God, it's becoming a thing where it's like yeah, we don't nobody does that anymore. Well, it's it's like, you know. I remember in my town we would have the Fourth of July festival at the local park district, uh, whatever. Uh, White Pines Golf Course, and everyone would be out there, and they would have this certain fireworks that they would go up and go, would just sort of, <coughs> whatever, chase around. And so they used to call it the N word chaser. Oh yeah, no, oh well, they, they did too. Yeah, they had See, I didn't yeah. know when I was, I was like four. Yeah, I didn't know, like, oh, this is the chaser, yeah. and everyone, oh, we love the, because that's yeah. what they were. Yeah, and I, rem it's one of those things where, the the mindset of me when I heard that as a kid, it wasn't a mind. You know, I keep going to the suburbs. Your mindset isn't. Oh my god! Like you're not like horrified right. by it, but you are unsettled by it. Like I, w I remember being like, "Oh, that, oh, that's what they call that." I remember thinking, "This is what I remember thinking when I was a kid." They probably named it that. It's fireworks. They come from the south. They named it that in the south. I feel like it's the thing where uh. we didn't really talk like that in Long Island. Long Island was like, I guess it was progressive enough where you didn't you didn't call people that. Uh. Or in my neighborhood, you didn't we didn't. None of my friends called people that or said that. We didn't use right, that. Right. We didn't use that word. But I think I wasn't like horrified at the name of that 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 firework. I was like, oh, they probably call it that because it's from South Carolina. That's what they talk. That's how they talk oh, down there. Funny. You know what I'm saying? That's how I. I yeah. My area was so rural. I mean, I was only 17 miles west of Chicago. But in that time, I remember these kids would just say, oh, that's the N word. Oh, it's the N word chasers, and I'm, and. There was no irony. It's just no, it's sort no, of like saying no. that's a Star Wars uh, X-wing fighter. Like they would yeah, just be that no, specific, and no, it was no. not loaded. Yeah, and it's just it was so treated as matter of fact. Yes. I didn't know until then when Roots came out. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, there are no fireworks <laughs> in Roots. What are they talking about? Like I didn't You're know. Like, hmm, hmm. Something's amiss here. Maybe that's a bad. Maybe word. that's a bad because they're hitting them. You know, all the, yeah. you know, Oh, when you oh, I'm seeing what you're saying. You I. In my experience, I knew it was bad right away. In oh. yours, you were like, "That's just the name that's of the thing." That's just the name. Yeah, I'd never heard it. And there yeah. were no, I mean, of course, in my town, it was so white. They thought I was black. <laughs> you know, they, uh, they didn't know. I like, some people would call me the N word, N word lips, that, and I was in kindergarten. Yeah. I didn't even know. <laughs> like, I wasn't sure. I thought, why? And I just kept trying to suck my lips in. Like, oh, did you? Oh, go man. to school, practice being, you know. Yeah, like I was—I don't know—my nose was flat, whatever. Yeah, right. I had those white people noses. <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't know yet 
that that was like even race. I just thought yeah, it's ra- I didn't know yet. I forget the first time that I knew that was. I think it was that I knew that was a racial thing. Yeah, huh. they used to but have. You knew it was a bad word already. I knew it was a bad word already. Like okay. I knew it was. We didn't say it. Like my my dad never said it. My so I, someone my friends must have never said, said it, it. And your parents must have been like, "That's bad." It was one of those things where it was like. Or you could yeah. feel the attitude when someone. I could feel the ad. I think if it was said, it was said like. Oh, in a hushed. Maybe like, it was that. Maybe it was like. I, I, maybe it was like other family that might have said it, or or or. I don't know, cause like I I know my dad, didn't say it around us, but I but I think if he said it around us, it was like, in the in the vein of like. You don't say this like that kind uh, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not it wasn't good. You right. know, like it wasn't a good thing. I'm pretty sure, but I kind of I forget. You like forget where. What the moment you realized right. this is bad or this is good right. or whatever, yeah. But it's like, but they also had like, you know, they had when you when you grow up in like like you said, you rural or suburbs, they had like a million names for black people. Like there was a million racist names that made no sense. They had one. They have one moon cricket. I used to say moon what? cricket. I, what does that even this, mean? I don't know. I I know they have what that. Does that and mean? I and I have no idea what it means. And uh, <laughs> what you call it? And I. I have no idea what it means to this day. Like, I still don't know what it means. Moon cricket. And they have, well, you know, you've heard the other ones. It's like porch monkey and all that kind of stuff. Ugh. Where it's really just like, ugh, it's just, you know, really, really messed up. But it's like, but there's a million names for, and there's like, for white people, it's cracker and white boy. That's about, right, that's right. About C minus in my yeah. family. <laughs> <laughs> but no. basically, yeah, so that's, I, I, it's interesting to me, the, the, because basically, it's almost the perfect example of how all that stuff comes from ignorance and non-experience. Because right. not being around black people, not being like where I grew up, Asian kid. There was maybe one when I was in like grammar school. There was one Asian kid, my friend Kenji. Kenji was from Japan, and he I remember him, and he was cool. But he was the only Asian kid I think in my grade, and he. Had Super Mario Brothers three before everybody else had it. <laughs> so so you like, just thought Japanese people get electronics yeah, faster. They always, I'm like, oh my god, they all get video games before I do. And uh, but he, what you call? Yeah, because they he had Japanese Nintendo. I remember that, and it was like it was such a big deal. <laughs> and uh, and we were friendly with, him, but he was like he was from Japan, so he didn't really talk to anybody, and like he was very quiet and stuff like that. And then he was like gone when I went to sixth grade. He was gone. Like he, I think he moved back or something. And then when I was in sixth grade, <laughs> he went to like, medical school. He went yeah. to medical school. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He became a podiatrist. That's what happened. Right. Right. But uh, basically, um, and then, but each year you had like two two Asian kids, one black kid, and you're great. So you have no, wow, no, yeah. no experience with these kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like in high school, the, I think you know the closest thing I had to an Asian friend was like my Filipino friend Phil Majaris, like this guy Phil. That was really cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but he was from Long Island. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. So I think. Because that of that lack of experience and that lack of exposure, like you said, you become it becomes like this random. You become more ignorant without even realizing it. Do right. you know what I'm saying? And, right, you beca- right. and then you go, well, "That's funny because I don't like." I it just it, it almost and also it's kind of a peer pressure laugh because you're like, "Well, you're laughing at it, so let me laugh at it because I don't care because I don't deal with these people anyway." So whatever. Right, right. So it's almost like I think there's a bunch of different things going on well, in do your you brain. Feel, as a comic, because I I I still feel like the comedy rooms. Uh, or clubs or whatever. Anytime you're on a mic, it's sort of the last. It's the ultimate litmus test of our culture. Like, where are we with our actual prejudices? Because it's the aspirational how we are on TV or what the president says or what people say we should yeah. do. But then when you're in a club, yes. there is racism and homophobia, misogyny, and that's just there. It's there, and I think it's there because it still can be funny. I think it's it. it 
it can be funny in a comedy club. I think it's I think like, it's real because I think it's still, real. It's people, people still, especially yeah, people are still living in Long Island and they still right. have these thoughts. Like right. you, you, I, I, I changed my mind because I came towards the city and I and I was d- dealing with people of all the, of different ethnicities and you and you get to be like, well, that's not that's really kind of messed up. And it's, and when you become a comic, you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of hacky too a little bit. You're right. Like, <laughs> and it's so much done of that. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. 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 And there's it's weird. I think it's changed over time. I think over time, what it is that's happened is. Um, I think what happens is th- certain things at a club, like as a white as a white guy comic, I can't you can't do really a lot of racial stuff. Like even like especially something about black people, even if it's pretty innocuous, even if it's just like it's not super. You're not trying. You're not, it's not racist. Yeah, even if you're just, just talking it about it, just triggers that whole black tension. People, yeah, it just triggers that whole. The minute Ooh. you say black guy is like I have a joke that I do about a black friend of mine. And I talk about he doesn't smile in any pictures. And I go, and I'm like, I think that's a black guy thing to do. I never see black guys smiling in pictures. And I'll ask a black dude in the audience usually, I'm like, right? And then sometimes they're like, yeah, totally. And I'm like, yes, okay, fine. And but you have to get that agree- agreement right. before I can pr- pr- proceed Move with forward, the joke. Right. So uh, I think that's a very touchy, I think that's become a touchy subject. But then I see people do Asian voices and then every, like people just on board with that. They don't, right. they don't, right. and I think what it is is this. I think, they don't mean anything by it, but I think what they think is it's just a funny sounding voice. Right. So right, it's like right, it's right, a right. funny sounding voice, but it still is it can be very hurtful on the top of things. Right. Right. So on the flip side, you're like because even even I me even me knowing what's hacky and what's not, and then I hear that voice sometimes and like like not all the time, but sometimes I'm like yeah that's funny. Like it's like you're still like that's funny. It's because it's gutturally funny because you're like he's doing a wacky voice. You I would say right. that the same thing with him right. if he was doing like a, a southern voice maybe or something like if you're real red neck voice or whatever right, is, right, you know? right, right. And I think because that's the thing I've done jokes like I've done if you're riffing in the beginning of a headlining set on the road where it's like some I was in Dayton and they were all like real redneck in Dayton and I'm making fun of them it was like a, a Dayton's a really like you feel like you're in like a judgment night the movie or you're like in like <laughs> you're eight mile like walking to the rap battle and like when I was walking <laughs> to the club so I would say that and I'm like I get scared I'm like you guys are all rednecks like and I would just make fun of them and I would do the redneck voice and they would laugh at the redneck voice right so sometimes it's just funny voices sometimes it's not the fact that it has to be like oh we're you know, screw Asians. I don't know if you can curse on this podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. It's, not, it's not like you're like fuck Asians, fuck those, fuck it. Like it's not. I think it's consensually more, fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah consensually <laughs> fuck those Asians. Yes means yes, whatever. Um, so it's not like that. I think what it is is they're like, oh, that was a funny voice, and I've heard that voice. I have, I know people with that voice. You know, whatever it is, because everybody knows. A guy, every there, there are Asian people that have that voice in New right. York City. There's Asian right. people who have right, that right, voice. Right, right. So that's what you're kind of laughing at now more than back in the day when it was a little bit like. You know, when they're calling Asian people Charlie and stuff like that. Oh you know what I'm saying? God. Where it was like, or when you, when I watched, I started watching this Buzzer channel. Do you know Buzzer? It's all old game shows. Oh my god! And they, uh, you, uh, like, I want to do, I want to do a show just goofing on these clips because the amount of racism in these game shows, even like, like, literally, you had. Uh, people doing the, the stereotypical Asian voice on game shows when they had Asian guests, like talking to them in oh the voice, like for a second, and then I and then on Family Feud, Richard Dawson, there was one Indian dude in this family, and I think it was like an Indian dude. It looked like a guy who might have been from the Dominican Republic, and then it's like three white people in this family. And Richard Dawson, when he guy came up, he was talking to him, and he's like, he's like, oh, you. And I'm like, oh my god, how oh is this happening? It's stuff that would never ever happen. Wow. Now. So I think 
like it, it seems like when you when you think of the Asian voice, you think of the Indian voice, and I think over time there has been way more of a like, hey, don't do that. Over time, right, now that right. I'm saying it's fixed yet, I don't want Harry Condaloo right. getting mad at me. Uh, Harry, <laughs> if you're listening, don't get mad at me. That the Indian voice is still racist, but I'm saying I think I think what's happening now is people are are laughing. I think more people are laughing because it's a funny voice than they're laughing like, yeah, those stupid those stupid Indians or those stupid Asians. You know what I'm saying? Right. Not completely. It's still a problem, and right, it's still right, right, you're, right. you're always going to have that. You're not going to get but rid I feel of that. Like, but I think it's important that we address it. I think I've done yes. this. I do these college gigs, and sometimes I'll do a joke. I could do a joke about myself. I could do a joke about my my parents and their old world view. But if I make a joke about the gender binary, you know, yeah, like make fun of uh, you know, uh, they they can't they don't want to laugh about making a joke about a lisp. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. If I had the lisp or my parents had, fine. But if yeah. I make fun of just like the idea of this thing about a lisp, people, like, there's a certain, I think it's, in one way, it's progress and that people want to be culturally sensitive. I'm like, yeah. But you're not, I said, I had to stop and go, you guys, I understand that this is a college you know, auditorium and it's a safe space. This outside world is not, a, not safe a safe space. And it's not fair. And there's, and it's, and there's weird stuff and you want to laugh at it sometimes. And there's, yeah, you know, there's you gotta, you, if you don't laugh at it now, you're going to deal with it out there. You got to know it exists. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know. It's I think you're right. And that's the big issue. Uh, right now, like you have, we have Chris Rock and you have Jerry Seinfeld saying those things about how these college audiences are becoming too sensitive. I don't do a lot of colleges. I've done like, I did one and I also don't do a lot of, I'm not doing a lot of racial stuff anyway on stage. Right, right. So my act is very goofy to begin with. So when it comes to that stuff, I never really experienced that. I didn't get fired. But I know somebody, a friend of mine who's a comic, and he was in a, a comedy duo. Uh, and he has a story, and he just told me it. And I don't know if he'll do your podcast, but like, I don't, I don't want to tell the story. But basically, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, he yeah. had a story where it wasn't a, it wasn't a racial thing. It was a, um, but he did a college once where literally all they said was the phrase "skeletons dry humping." He said that they said that, and then there was a lot of titter, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of chatter in the audience. And then he saw they saw a couple people leave, and then they, they did the joke fifteen minutes into the, to an hour set. And 15 minutes before the end of the set, the person who was arranging the whole event comes up to them on stage. And this is everybody's getting offended and they're kind of like talking amongst each other. And then one guy leaves. And, and then a half hour later, some woman comes in, I think, or a student comes in and she, and she walks up to them during, during their performance in the middle of a joke and goes, um, we're going to end the performance now. Right? <laughs> and oh, I need this. I got to interview this person. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll story. tell you, Steve O'Brien. I think he would be cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Steve from, from um, uh, Team Submarine. I don't know. If, you, know okay. Nate, you know Nate Fernald is and, and, okay. and Steve O'Brien? They, they, they run it. They have a com They do separate stand-up as well, but they have a comedy team called Team Submarine. They're hilarious. Okay. And they did it as Team Submarine at this college. I forget what college it is, but they did it. And, they, and then the college didn't want to pay them. Ah. <sighs> And they no, had to wait, write an so apology letter. Wait, so skeletons humping? Skeletons dry humping. That's the phrase that got, they got offended by that. Oh, because they were making fun of body types or something? I think it was a religious thing. I think it was a, oh. you're defiling, the, it was skeleton. Because these guys, they're not talking, they're not doing, they're not doing jokes about black people, white people. They're not doing transgender jokes. They're not doing jokes, they're not doing offensive jokes. They're just, they're very smart, funny guys. And they're very, and they're very progressive and they're very, and they're very alt on top of it. So they're aware of all that stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? They're very, oh they, you know, God. so they had to, they had, to get paid, they had to write an apology letter to the college. And I was like, what? Ah. Are you kidding me? I go, you got to write this and put this online. And he goes, I know I should. I'm like, you should, because that's the problem. 
Right. That's too sensitive. Right. If you're getting mad at the, at the phrase skeletons dry humping, you're in for a rude awakening the minute you what are you college. teaching? What are you teaching these, these kids? Kids that that you're you really gonna be able to go outside? Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. I'm not comfortable with how you're talking. You can't police the you, universe. You can't like police that. the universe. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I unless you have, a, you're not gonna have a giant planet of people who. It's funny because I feel like in these colleges, they're either the most insensitive kids in the world, where they're having these blackface parties, right? Or the the or they're super sensitive, right? It's there's like no it's, middle. It's ground. like there's like this hyper yeah. vigilance, which. Which is also, I don't know. I think what that comes from, to be honest, is, and I hate to be like, well, this generation, but but <laughs> this generation of, <laughs> I just said it, uh, <laughs> the, of this millennial thing, they, the way that they were brought up, and this is the credo of the generation. They, the credo, one of the, one of the, like the, the stalwarts, is that a proper term for it? One of the, one of the, one of the <laughs> pillars of the generation is that the, the idea of why should I work for you when I can start a business myself? That's a very, it, on paper, that's a very like it, um, it, it seems like a self-starter. It's like you know entrepreneurial kind of attitude, but I don't think that is. I think what it is is the me 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 kind right, of right, right, thinking. Right. And it's like, well, th why can't you? Because you're broke and you're out of college, and unless you're spoiled and you and you have a bunch of cash that trust your parents fund. gave right, you, right, right, trust right. fund or whatever it is. So I think where this hypersensitivity comes from. Uh, I think it comes from a thing of how dare you offend me? I, you know, how how dare you say this in front of me? It's a very like I am the king and you are my court, and this is how right, dare you right, come before right. me and do and this? Now go it's out a, into the world and find and now out. Now into the world and get and get screwed over. You know, they're not it is. all they're not all following you on Instagram. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, they're all. Li that's another good point. They're all living online. They're not living. They're living in this virtual reality. They're not living in the right, real world where you can like delete things or yeah. swipe left. Yeah, I don't have to deal with. No, don't like it. Swipe this way. They like it. Swipe it. You they're know. living where likes are currency in their in their world. Right. They don't. Right now, they don't have to. Do, they don't have a meal plan. They don't have to deal with paying for food or shelter. So right now, the money in their world is likes on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. That's how they deal. Be like, hey, I got fifty likes on a picture today. I'm feeling good. Like I'm paid for the day. You know that. Kind right. Of thing, right. You know? Right. So that's how I think. What happens is you get caught in this delusional mindset of like. And I, like I'm, and I'm not one to I don't, I don't I, I'm I think as far as comics too I think we all have to I'm I'm fine with going with the flow in the future like I'm because what's gonna happen they're all gonna get out of college they're gonna be the people who come to comedy shows and they're whatever I I'm fine with I'm fine with being more progressive and being more. I don't want to say sensitive because I hate saying the word sensitive when it comes to comedy. I have the idea where anything should be able to be joked about in a, in a right, club. I right. think you should be able to say whatever you want. Now, the reaction you get, like say you go up on stage and you say the N-word for 30, 30 minutes straight. If you get punched in the face and you get off of there, yeah, that's the breaks. That's life. That's that's life being not right. fair. But it's it should not, be a lie. It should be. Uh, it should be. Right. Exactly. It should be. Well, that's what I'm saying. It should be. It's a live performance. It's not going to be funny. You're going to get no laughs. You'll never go back to that club. But you should be allowed to say it. You should be allowed to say right. it. People can walk out. Whatever can happen that all the effects of it can happen but I think you should never be, they should never be told you can't say that on stage right I think you should be able to say whatever you want but then you just deal with the consequences and what you're gonna if you go up and you're racist and you're really hardcore racist you're gonna deal with nobody laughing and probably somebody coming up and punch you in your mouth and that's what you get and like that's the other part of life's not fair but to not to to to, to cut somebody off of the past and not let them do whatever they like. There should be a freedom there of performance. Right, of it's like, like the know. last place of freedom of speech is like get on stage and uh, speak in code. Like yeah, yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Speak yeah, in haiku. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> what am, yeah, right. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah, right. Iambic pentameter, whatever right, it's right, called. Yeah, right, right. Um, but like, uh, like look at that Michael Richards thing. Like, yeah, he, he. 
it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, what he did was awful, but he was on a, a on a stage and he he got the full brunt of what he got for saying it. Right. But he should like I'm not I'm not saying he sh- he should have been allowed to do it. Like it's like it's like yeah you 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 failed you screwed <laughs> right. up like you right. screwed up. But there shouldn't be a thing where. You, like I think the I think they banned the word from that club after that like and I'm like you, that shouldn't be that shouldn't there should be no words banned on a stage at all you know what I'm saying but I am for the idea of like you never want to truly truly like you know it's like one of those things where I guess if you're really offending somebody I remember but it's it's one of those things where how much can you really offend somebody at a comedy club do right. you know what I mean because I'll I did a show if in they're Min- that offended then they they have other issues <laughs> they have other issues I did a show once in Minnesota okay in Minneapolis and I I did a, it was at a club and this woman in the front row I did a joke about about not. About I haven't ha- I don't have kids yet but I want to have kids and it's a very it's I'm like it's a very tame joke but it's it's not like a very offensive I'm, like, I'm not killing the kids in the joke I'm not doing anything, uh you know you know it's not getting dark at all and this woman the minute I started the joke this woman started hysterical crying and got up and ran out of the club and 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 uh I, I found out after that she thought I was making fun of her because she couldn't have kids what yes that's well, were you even talking to her no. So she was mentally unstable. She was mentally unstable. So she literally, that's the thing. What people don't realize, and I think that's another thing that's coming. What did the audience do when she's like stormed? She kind of like, I heard her. I think she she was crying and she was like, and but I, it was a big place. So and she was in the kind of in the backish. She was like in the uh, middle, like this front table, but in the middle of it. So she got out of there. She wasn't like screaming, but she was like, cr- I heard her crying, and I'm like, what is that? Somebody crying? And before I knew it, she was like running out. I don't think everybody got. it. I think her table got it, but they didn't leave. Right. right One person right. might have left from her table, but. And I was like, I feel bad for this woman, and I feel terrible for you. That's what I'm saying. I feel bad for you that you really felt that way, but I'm not. I don't feel bad for saying it. Do you know right, what I'm saying? Right. I feel bad that you took that that way, but you shouldn't have because it's not about you, and it's literally. I'm not doing. And I'm not, I'm not, it wasn't a joke about a abortion or a miscarriage. It wasn't a, a right, dark right, joke at all. Right. It was a joke about how uh, people tell you there's never a right time to have kids. And, yeah, you know, that whatever. whole thing. That about, whole thing about the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so. Um, it, that's the joke, and that's that could not be farther from a hey lady. Right. I bet you can't have hey kids. lady. You know, like, I bet you're infertile. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You right, know, exactly. It's more, it's, do yeah, that. yeah. yeah. That's what horrible. I'm saying. I think that's what gets in people's minds. You have a certain personality that comes to these comedy shows that walks in like this is about me. Even though I'm sitting <laughs> right. in this audience and I'm watching a performance, and, this and I'm in the dark, put a lot of par- work into this. This is about me. I know this person spent a decade creating their career, but yeah. they really just came to this town to yeah. fuck my life over. Yeah, right, exactly. With this they, joke. they want me to. That's like the, the, the heckler. That's what somebody who heckles. That's their mindset. I'm gonna help the show. I'm gonna heckle. I'm, right. I'm a really good. He- like I remember, I've had people say that to me on the road. People go, "Oh, my friend Bill, he's a great heckler." I go, what? "There's no such <laughs> thing." There's not. She goes, "Oh yeah, he gets them all the time." I go, "No, no, no, that's not." And they go, "Oh, that's not what you guys want." And I go, "No, that's not what we want." People don't get it. They go, "That's not what we want." And then most of the people are on board and they realize it and you know whatever they're cool with it. But but you know when when you go, some people think that's part of the show because they because if you look online, look on YouTube, heckler videos are some of the most popular right, videos right. on they the YouTube. They all want to see the heckler get owned. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you understand that those are the survivor heckler getting owned. Those are the ones that made it. You know, yeah, those there's are the a one, lot yeah. more awkward. Like uh, the security has to take this person because they're kind of drunk. They're not yeah, even heckling. Exactly. They're just like oh, yeah. they're in another planet. 
oh, I had a terrible situation. Or they don't do it. Like, I was at a club once, and there was a whole bachelorette party, and there was a gay dude with the bachelorette party, and they were all loaded, right? And this guy, this guy, um, he had one of those buzzers, and he had, like, a buzzer in his hand, and it was it was connected to the the bride-to-be's panties, okay? Oh so it was, like, it was, like, this lame gag, you know, gift or whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and the guy comes in, <clears throat> and I'm kind of talking to him up front, because he wouldn't, he was like yelling, and then I go, "Oh, this is a bachelorette party," and then I go, I go "What is that in your hand?" Because he kept buzzing it and showing me, and I go, "What is that?" And he goes, "It's a buzzer. It's connected to her panties." <laughs> and they laugh, and and everybody kind of laughed a little bit at that. And I was like, "Oh," he goes, "Do you want it? Do you want it?" And then it, and I go, "No, no, 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 I'm okay." And then at one point, he just starts climbing on the tables, trying to get to me on stage to give me the buzzer. Like he was so drunk, he didn't realize what was going on, and he starts climbing on stage. Climbing on the tables to get to the stage, like, and I go, "What are you doing?" And then the, the club was doing nothing, and I go, "Hey, could you get this guy out of here?" Like, I, and I never kick people out. I usually can handle people right, for the right. most part, unless but, you. But but they're so if they're that, you know, they're like tripping at yeah, that point. There's it, no. Oh no, there there there's, there's, there's no, no redeemable. There's no, there's no like like comedy martial art, you know, Jedi knight trick yeah to like to fix that fix it because no. they're now they're, they're no literally getting this, up they're, they're not they're, in this plane no exactly they're, and they're, they're they don't even they don't even care about the show it's like why are they even here well so i literally i got him kicked out the guys by the bar after my set i get off and i walk up to the guy I go listen this is why i had you kicked out and i was about to tell him and he goes you were the guy who kicked me out that's what he said and it was literally <laughs> <laughs> it was it was literally six minutes after i kicked him out that's how loaded he was he had no idea I walked from the stage to the bar to tell him, and he had no idea I was the person that kicked him out. That's how drunk he was. Wow. Because I was gonna, I was gonna say, hey, listen, I we talked, I we goofed around. Because uh, usually, what I'll do in that situation, what I do is I'll slam, I'll, uh, you know, somebody heckles you, I slam him as much as I can, try to get laughs out of whatever, whatever you slam him, and then if they won't stop. I go, okay, everybody give it up for this guy for being a good sport. Right, right, right. And that's supposed to be their cue to shut the fuck up. And right. if you don't, and it gets to be interruptive the whole set, then I go, all right, get this guy out of here. But I'm only, the only that guy is the only guy I think I've ever kicked out of a show where it's like, where I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Why aren't you on this guy right now? He's literally literally jumping up. Not in an aggressive way, but he's trying to no, get up he's on like stage. Up. He could, yeah, he could exactly. Break his neck in front of the yeah, show in the yeah. league. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what it boils down to. I think, like, to get back, I think I went off on a trail there for a while, but <laughs> the whole idea of there's, I think we live in a world where, and I, including myself, I'm, I'm checking myself, uh, you know, you're checking the Instagram, you're checking the thing all the time, your Facebook. The way it is is we're more selfish now than we ever were. They, people used to be more selfless, and they kind of were okay more with a humble lifestyle. Now, the way that people are is about they, me. Is about me. me. And they want to be famous. They want to even be famous within their group of friends. Like, look at my baby picture. My, right. my, my new or they baby. want to be famous in the middle of a fucking comedy show. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Hey, bleh, yeah. Bleh. And that's just the way it is now. It used to be like people were more, and that's, a, you know, I, more polite, and they would go to shows, and yeah, you would get hecklers, and, um, you know, that's that's always been a thing, but I think it happens more now where you have more chatter, I think, uh, and I think you have more people thinking the show's about them, and literally, and like, they think it's part of the show now because comedy's been around long enough. People see enough shows, or they or that they're at shows, or they see online videos of hecklers, and they go, "Oh, this is like why would they post it if it wasn't part of the show?" You know that kind of thing. Right, right. So right, right. I get the thought process, but the minute you're told no, that's not the case, you better they, shut the. They fuck should up. have YouTube clips of hecklers that fucked up the show and just have all of those. Yes, because yeah. no one puts those up. No comic, that, no comic wants to show. 
themselves not being able to handle the, the exactly. Heckler. So all you see, it's sort of like a Photoshop. Like this is all the shots where I've sucked in my gut and I have abs, but no yeah. one wants to see yes. the fat, <laughs> unable to control a heckler comic, right? Exactly, absolutely. That's exactly That's it. Exactly it. So yeah. the people just think, oh, so everyone does it. Right. No, oh, this no, is, oh, this is like horrible. fun. Like, yeah, these, these comics posting these videos, so they're fun and they're blah, 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 and it's like, it, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I don't. I well, that's not why I don't. But I never posted a heckler video. There, this other site, there was a heckler video I had that was out there, that w- was online that somebody else posted. That, that some some like site that was filming the show posted. But I, I actually just now I came to this decision as we're talking about it. I don't think I would post a heckler video because of that reason. Because then it makes it seem like oh you're cool with this. And and we're and we're not for the most part. We want you right. to hear our jokes. We don't want right. you, you know. Right. And, and the thing about the other reason that I don't, that's the only reason. Only reason I don't, uh, I've only kicked out one person is because I do do crowd work and I enjoy crowd work. But yeah. I like it when it's a discourse. I like it when it's a d- conversation and then and it's like, authentic. And it's, it's not authentic. Like they're yeah. Fucked up or they have some agenda. Exactly. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or or at one time I was at I did a show at um oh uh, is there there's a gay bar down in the West Village. Is it Boots and Saddles? Rock, Is that a place? Oh, Boots and Saddles. Boots yeah, and yeah. Saddles. It's so funny to me because... <laughs> they must have loved you when you walked in. You're like a bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a bear. Look at this. Well, like, most of them did, except for this one dude in the back that... This is the there's only one heckle that is unfixable and unpenetrable. It's the the heckle of all right, you start talking, Rich, I'll do it. Oh. So anyway <laughs> I, <laughs> That's it. The literally just the sound. There's nothing you can say to make that funny. So there's just a, going bad. That's what that's what the person was doing at this bar. The fun, the best part about this bar was it we reacted. It was, or it was just yelling out randomly. Yeah, yeah, yelling at me. Yeah, just yelling bad. And I'd be like, are you, are you all right? Are you, you're loaded, huh? Bah, bah. You know, I don't want to be too loud, but like, yeah, right. just that over and over oh and over again. God. And any question, if nobody's answering questions, you, you lose your legs as a, as a comic trying to get no, back. There's no, there's like no back and forth. Thing. There's no right, like, right. yeah, there's no, they don't, you're not giving them enough room to hang themselves. That was the, that was a great Patton Oswalt uh, quote about hecklers. He goes, all you have to do with hecklers is talk to them long enough to give them enough room to hang themselves. Right, right. The minute they say something you can, like you can pounce on, and you jump on it. And that's, I've, I've thought of that ever since I read that. I'm like, yes, that's the way to do it. Right. So you just, you get into it far, and then, then you'll get to a point. With most hecklers, you let them get to the point where they say something really dumb, and then you shit on that, and then it's an, a done deal. And then they right. go, oh, I really shouldn't right. open my mouth. Right, right, and they'll be embarrassed enough. But then you have the other ones who don't care. Well, they're so drunk, they're so drunk they don't. They don't care. know. They're 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 giving you all this rope. You keep hanging them, and they won't die. I had a heckler the other night that said, literally, I go. It was actually my. This is another thing. It's my flaw. But it was annoying because I talked to people in the audience. I was not talking to anybody, but this one girl was so drunk she was texting the entire time, and she was right there. And there was only twenty people in the audience, and this oh girl was not stop texting. Some bar show. So I go, yeah, no, it was it was a club show, but it was like a weekday, and uh. there wasn't many people there. But and and I go, uh, I go, what are you are you texting these jokes to people? You can't do that, like trying to make it fun. Because I'm like, I had to, I had to address it. I have this compulsive thing where I'm like, fuck you. I want you to know that I know that you're texting, and I'm gonna I'm gonna publicly try to shame you because that's right. a fucking annoying. There's 20 of us here, and I was and I was doing well. I was having a good set. If I was bombing, and you're bored, I get it. Whatever, like right, you know. Right, right. But I was doing well, and I was doing well on the show, and it was it was a fun set, and. She, this is the heckle she gave me. She goes, BJ Novak says hello 
Do you know who BJ Novak is? He's the dude from The Office. He's one of the people in The Office. <laughs> and I go, I go, are you really heckling me with a name drop right now? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> and then people laughed at that, and I tried to make it as funny as possible. But and then the club, I think, talked to her at some point. But I was kind of like, are you serious right now? Are you really just, I, that? You just topped it for being. I go, and I even said that thing. I'm like, you're an even shittier person than I thought because you're texting and then you're trying to name drop on top of it. <laughs> so, but I was like, that's what I'm saying. People are ridiculous, and she was loaded. But I don't care. It's like then, then leave, then leave, then go home. If you're loaded, leave the comedy show. It, it's not a right. place for you to be if you're loaded. Right. So right. it's a good place to be for people who are drunk and they're having a good time and they're fun and they're, and they're having fun and they're keeping their mouth shut and they're laughing and they're whatever and they're listening right. to the performance. Right. Right. But if you're literally there to screw things up, like she was on her phone and everybody, every comic had a problem with that girl on that show. Right. So right. she was just a problem the whole time, you know, whatever. So, but that, but when I got off, I was talking to the host and I was like, she's like, he's like, I had a problem with that girl too, and I and I go. Uh, I go, yeah, I know. And he goes, he goes, I shouldn't have kept talking to her. I go, I shouldn't have kept talking to her either. It's one of those things that if I just would have kept my mouth shut, leave it alone. I, right. She would have texted. I would have been fine. But my ego got involved and my selfishness right, got involved. Right. And I went, no, 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 no. I want everybody to know that I'm annoyed that you're texting during this. Right, 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 right. It's, I, and I was almost done. I was like, I had five minutes left, and I go, I'm like, I'm almost done, and you're and you're texting like now, like you know, whatever it is. So um, I was just so annoyed. And, and that's what I'm saying. You, the human ego gets involved and we think we're better than something that's going on. And then you heckle or you do the thing that I did and you shout out or you th that's what makes him seem more important. So like I think the ego level of that generation to get back to that whole millennial conversation in these colleges is they're like you're it used to be it's there's no appreciation. There's no like uh, like you, know, you do clubs sometimes and you and people are I've had people come up and go thank you for coming to our town and I go wow that's a really nice compliment because I don't even think of it that way I think of it as like you guys are just that's what the road has made me realize the most not to jump topic to topic but the road has made me realize that it is it is very important what we do it, here's the thing I don't consider it real work you know like, like I, think, I think especially from coming because you came from Illinois came from rural yeah, yeah, yeah. like I think for a long time I had an issue with thinking of it as real work, like I, I, and my family, my, I think my mom, my dad's been dead for a while, but like my mom, uh, I think also it took her a long time to really be like, oh, this is his job. And it took me a long time to go, I'm like, because I always thought of it as, I never thought I would get to the point that I'm at now, right? So right. I always thought of it as, yeah, this is not real work. But what I've realized over time is that it is, it, it, it's a skill. It's a very, definitely a skill. It's not real work. Like it's not, you're not doing. You're not a uh, sanitation guy. You're not. Con I worked construction before for a short periods of time, but I worked construction, and that's work. That's like real work. What we're doing is a skill, and it's not everybody would do it, and it's hard to do, but it's not real. It's not like you're not. That's why it's so great. You're making a living, doing a job that's like that's a lot of people. A lot of people wouldn't do. So there's like a there's a special aspect to that. And from going to these clubs and talking to these people, you realize that because I've had people come up and go. You know, you, it's like these compliments that you don't get in the city. That's what I'm saying by how New York is such a tough place to right, start. It makes right. you better, but you're not. You're mostly not getting the compliment of, "Hey, I had a bad week, and you made you. It was a great end to my week. Thank you for coming to our town." And you're like, "Holy cow! I never thought of it that way. I just thought like I do this, you listen. You're like, okay, whatever, and you go home because right. we're from here, and it's a much more cynical place. You know? Right, right, right. So right, whatever. Right. But that's my whole spiel about that. Basically, that's what I think. I think the idea of appreciating these performances, and I appreciate from doing it. And, I, I, and my wife is an actress, and she, she's taking me to a bunch of stage stuff, and we went to go see Hand, Hand to God and, and on Broadway and stuff like that. And as I watch them, I appreciate that, that so much more from doing stand-up. Right. Because there is a performance aspect, and I think 
I think when, with, you can lose the performance aspect sometimes in your mind with stand-up because what you're thinking is, I'm trying to be myself as much as possible. And if I'm trying to be myself as much as possible, this is a conversation and right. it's not a performance. But it is a performance. And right. they're watching you do an art form. They are watching you do something you've prepared. They're wa- they're, it, there's, there's, there's thought that goes into this and there should be an, a, a recognition of that, thought, of that thought that goes into it. You right, know? right. Yeah. It's valuable. It's, me, it's, it's valuable. It's, it's, the, it's the ability to sing like louder than Whitney Houston. But do it while you're whispering. Yeah, right. Because exactly. we're, like, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. saying all this stuff, but we're just we're just having a conversation. But we know we're gonna do all these little landmines and tricks and things yes. that no one else, normal humans, right, can't do in a conversation. Exactly. And the conversation that we're having, you, we can have. It's like the skill of being able to do this on stage. Because if you came up here, you wouldn't be able to do this. Like <laughs> for the most part, and like right. you know, it, it, like if you if the, you as the audience, you're watching us, and it seems so natural, but. That's after years and years and years of doing it and, and trials and errors and trials and errors and getting more comfortable on stage. But it's so you can't just yell stuff out that you want to yell out because if you do, that's just you're, you're not going to be able to come up here and back up what you're yelling. You know what I'm saying? That's why people, I think, they think they're doing the right thing when they go, oh, you come up here and, and do this. And then it usually they people fall flat on their face and that's the laugh and then they get down. But overall, it's like I think that's why it, because you connect so much with an audience during stand-up, that's why people feel so comfortable to go, yeah, blah, my, my mom does that, because they're like, hey, I'm, th- 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 I'm so... That's me, yeah. I identify. You know how many times I, like, it's, I get off stage and somebody goes, you are my cousin, you're my cousin, that's definitely my cousin. Like, when you go to a play, that doesn't happen because <laughs> right. they're, they're playing characters. When you're playing yourself... People think it's like just you hanging out with them at a bar. You know what I'm saying? So right, whatever. Right, that's right, the whole right, idea. Right, right. So I think what happens, I think that's what, uh, then what, what's crept up and crept up is this millennial kind of, I don't call it millennial. I feel like that's such a buzzword now. It's such an overused word, but like uh, it is the name of that generation. But it's also, I think they've gotten into their heads. Like I think the appreciation of that in in this the younger generation's minds is less and less and less. I don't. I think they're just like, of course you're entertaining me because I'm entertained 24 hours a day by my phone. Right. So you right. better entertain me, or I'm going back to my phone. Right. That's, yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's also everything is so. It's stand-up comedy is the only thing left that's live in terms of entertainment. Everything you can stream. Yeah. Nothing is ever happening other than like I think the Super Bowl is the only thing people watch live yeah yeah, absolutely that right. and maybe that's like why TV's Oscars. dying that's why TV, yeah. broadcast TV's dying because I don't have cable you have cable I don't have cable I have to think about it but yeah. I, I just have like you know Apple TV and I you know I have yeah. DVR I actually have your I have all the Comedy Central half hours on my DVR oh do you really just to watch yeah, yeah, right, I have, yeah. I have, it's like home. but look at that like, how do I even watch them all there's so many there's so many so and much stuff yeah, and, if, and you have a life and you're busy and you have a job I'm out, I'm out running working on my getting my yeah. half hour special exactly. you know like yeah, exactly. if I sat at home and watched but you know I, I still feel like it, 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 you know, we're the human race has evolved so everything everything comes to me like I'll tell you when I'm gonna watch that show. Yeah. I'm gonna watch. Yes. I mean everything. Yeah. Before it was yeah, like been, you, well, we've all become kings. We've all become right. what is uh, sixth century kings that go right, right. Our bring kingdom. me your head. <laughs> bring me the head of yeah. Whatever, you know. Bring me uh, tofu pad thai no egg. <laughs> Click now. Okay. Uh, Gluten free, bitch. <laughs> yeah. And right. Exactly. No nuts, yeah, but yeah, it yeah. tastes like nuts. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah right. And you exactly. can click and send it back and give a yeah. bad Yelp. Re- you can give a bad re- Yelp review and fuck someone over and you know for a two dollar delivery charge. I mean, we become so giant much, children. Yeah. Right, that's basically right. We can have tantrums and get our way. Yeah, yeah. So why not do that in live? In the one live, the one live thing. Yeah, I want this to be what I want it to be. You know, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's absolutely. That's what it is. 
and 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 they don't. That's why. That's why you don't. They don't understand the concept of it. And they're and they're even people that were even people. It's we we adapt to things as humans. So even people that are my age and and a little bit younger, a little bit older, are going to these shows with that kind of mindset as well right, because right. they're doing the same things. You know, the whole seamless web, like you were just right. We're just used to so everything. Just like, used to everything just coming. Good, so like this is the way I want it. Yeah. So it's like a thing where it's like, oh, I I I would be I would have already. Skip to another YouTube video by you. I, I'm not into that one joke you did. So bye bye. Right. right swipe right. this. Swipe left. Because the attention span now is so is like so you got down, yeah. 15 seconds next. Yeah. Four seconds. Eh. Exactly. So I don't know. That's and I and I and I. It's it's sad that that happens. And it's like I I like the idea that things are more convenient now. I guess that's the whole idea of technology and the whole idea of of you know becoming more advanced as a civilization. But I but it's also sad because I feel like. I feel like, especially when you used to watch, when I, like when I watch this, I'm watching this buzzer channel like crazy, and I'm watching that live. I'm not even, I'm not taping those because I don't have a DVR. I'm, I'm, I do Netflix and Hulu. That's it. But I have a digital antenna, so I'm watching this buzzer oh, channel. Oh God! So another thing I realized is I, I don't know if it's just me. These people, some of these people on these shows, back then they were smarter people. Like I like if you watch people on game shows now, and you watch people on game shows back then, for some reason I'm like they were smarter back then. They were, they had better answers. They were like. Like, uh, or if you watch, they have a black and white, uh, they have like, um, what's my line and, um, uh, like these old fifties game shows and on, on what's my line, they write the, per- whoever the person is, they have to guess what his job is. That's what it is. The three panelists yeah, uh. guess what the guy's job is. He's like, you know, celebrities guess what this random guy's job is. And they write the guy's name on a chalkboard in the beginning of the episode. And that's like the whole, and the penmanship of these people on the show is like this perfect cursive. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I don't think that would ever happen now. I don't right. think anybody knows how to write in cursive anymore. Nobody right. does it. Right, right. For the right. most part, yeah, anymore. You know, so, so it's that kind of thing where you're like, yeah, you feel like something's being lost. <laughs> now they would have to just touch the touchpad to make the name appear. Yeah, ex- that's what it would be. It would just come up. They would have a giant LED uh, screen behind right, them. Right, and right, the, right. the name would come up on that and, you know, whatever it is. And that's tech, that's technology. They had to do it the other way back then because they just be like, well, we'll just write it here because we don't have the capabilities. <laughs> but but that's what it's come. It's like there's stuff that's being lost because of that. There's there's like an there's almost like not to sound, sound corny, but there's there's almost like an elegance or like a there's a, there's an intention uh, uh, like a, like a there's a, there's a, I don't say smartness because that's not even a word. Like there's a, there's like a you eloquence, feel eloqu- an eloquence that's being that's being lost because we're just like mad mad now. This one want now. We got this now. We're doing this. Right. Whatever it is. So like I feel like that's over time. And I'm even from a generation that that I'm the one from the one that caused that. Like we we all our generation like we we made those advances that is getting rid of that stuff, but it's making life more convenient. So it's like a catch twenty two almost. You're like yeah, I love that that it, this is easier. And there be, and there's medical advances and there's all this and you want society to progress. Excuse me, I burped. But also, but also, you're. <laughs> but that was live. That yeah, was authentic. Yeah, yeah, that was live. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't an app burp. It was a real, actual. I yeah. feel intimate and alive because you burped. Yeah. It was not. Don't close. heckle my burp, please. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, so it's one of those things where you want to kind of progress, but you also you feel like it's losing some kind of its charm and some kind of its like, like humanity in a way. Right. I, I, you know, I mean, I, like not to get too heady be, about be, it. No, but people. But this is this is what's happening. People can't even date. Without an app, I know, I know. We That's can't. Mostly, what's going on? Now. We can't. Remember when that was taboo? When there was like the like online dating was uh, was taboo. No, online. I. That's how I, I mean. The funny thing is, I met my husband on a dial-up using my dad's dial-up over Christmas, like over ten years ago. Oh, really? And I was like secretly trying to download like a dick pic, but it, you know, yeah, yeah, my dad yeah. could come with you doing nothing. Just check my email. But it was like it was yeah. so surreptitious. But gay people had to do well, not had to, but. 
you know, it's tricky. Even I'm the generation where it's not. I mean, I grew up where it was like underground railroad. You had to go yeah. to secret places. But the internet made it easier to connect to people. But even then, it was like you can't tell that at your wedding party, like. You know, how did yeah. you guys meet? Well, I saw his penis and he was the one. <laughs> you know, like it's, you know, there's still shame. No, you still. You but still now like everyone's just like, yo, you know, they say like the, the January 3rd is the number one uh, is the number one app downloading of uh, whatchamacallit. OK, Cuba. Of, 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 of like every dating app. That's out that's there. That's number one. January 3rd, number one, the highest peak in the world. Like Tinder and, and Tinder, Plenty of Fish. Tinder, Plenty of Fish or Match.com or whatever. Everyone's. You know, tr- that's their New Year's resolution because people we don't know how to we have no way to connect with each other. Normally, we we don't even know how to cook our own food. We have to get seamless. We have to do dating apps. Yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. There's no more like there isn't a comedy app yet. You know, I mean, there's YouTube where people can just kind of look at cats falling and things. Yeah. But like this this live art form is just it's amazing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I don't know, but we you know of course we're drinking our own Kool Aid. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> No, but you're right. That's absolutely true. And and it's also a thing where it's, you're never going to be able to have that. You're never going to be able to have the experience of a live comedy show on an app because you're the minute that you leave that room, it's already ceased to be a live comedy right, show. Right, and, right, and, and if you're streaming it, and if you're doing it, even if you're like, hey, we're putting our show on Periscope, cool. But that person that's watching on Periscope, even though it's right there, They'll have a little bit more of an idea, but they're not in the room. There's the something room. that happens in they're the room. They're not in the room. There's a vibe in the room. There's an unspoken, subtle vibe in the room. The same reason that I, I think there's, there is such thing as bad audiences, because I think there's sometimes a subtle agreement upon these, among these audience members. They're like, we're going to be shitty we're, tonight. We're going to clench. We're going to clench, gonna, and we're not going to do it. Right. And a lot of people think there's no such thing as shitty audiences, but I don't, I don't agree. I think there is, and I think uh, the same way that there can be like a – I think it's too dramatic, but like a magic in the room of like, hey, everybody's killing it. It's like this great night and there's something weird happens and everybody experiences it at the same time is the same way that they can t- go in there and be like, nope, not going to have it. Nope. Right. This is gonna, this no, is but there are, there are rooms that you can see. across. I mean, you see all kinds of people you know are great comics go up and you're like, okay, they're getting some laughs, but that's w- – and then the next show you do, you know, if you do the 7 o'clock on a Friday and then yeah. you do a 9 and then 9 o'clock is completely different. Yes. Completely. Oh, absolutely. And there's different factors that go into it. Then you, you, you like, And then here's the thing. You feel like you're making excuses, but it really is true. Like it's like, like especially in the summer. You do a 7.30 show in the summer, it's still light out. And if, if it's still light out and people are coming in for live comedy, for some reason they just don't – they don't get acclimated to the idea like, hey, this is a nighttime activity and we're and we're we're hanging and we're having a good time. It's our Friday night, like you said, is they're all just got off work. They all just got off work and they're all stiff and tough and yeah, you know, whatever. So, but the nine thirty show, they went to dinner before they went to the show and they right. had a drink, or even they went to dinner and they got some food in them. Right, right, right. Or they're just they feel like you know they're not rushing. They're not rushing to the show. Right. So right. It, it becomes a completely different animal, and I've seen that time and time again. That's why. You can't say there's only there's only uh, there's no bad audiences. You can't say that because because I've never you know I've never not I've seen so many different variations. Right. Like if you see right. the same comics do the same jokes to two different audiences, and it, they murder with one audience and they get nothing. I'm talking nothing with another one. What, what what's the what, what do you we think I got less funny in fifteen minutes? What do you think <laughs> or an hour or whatever in between right, the right, shows? Right, right, we think right. you just forgot the jo- forgot the, the right. The, I mean, the there's there's, the there's a certain amount of mental momentum. Like sometimes someone will get freaked. I've seen comics get in their head 
and they're like shit, and they just like they yeah, shut but down. that's a different story. But that's a different story than you know. Then yeah, exactly. What was now? This is a what was the moment like you decided? Like how did you get into like what was did you hit an open mic? Did you always want to do it? Did someone dare you? Always wanted to do it. Uh, always wanted to do it, and um, nobody dared me. I always had it in my head, and then I talked about it to my sister. And a long time ago, before well, even a long time before I started, my sister got me a notebook, and she was like, "Well, I, I think she might have asked somebody because she worked. My sister worked at Comedy Central a long time ago. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, like like uh, I don't know, I forget what years, but like in the, in the '90s. And uh, she, I guess she might have asked somebody. I don't know what what I don't know how she got the notebook idea because that's the staple of a comic. And but she got me this really nice notebook, and she was like, "Just start writing down your ideas, and then you go to a mic and then you do it that way." And I was like, "Okay." And I didn't start for years after that. And then so she just said wait, she introduced the idea to you, or you were thinking? No, no, no. I was no. She knew I wanted to. I wanted to my whole life. I was oh, like, okay. I was into comedy as a kid, and I was. I was, at that point, I was like obsessed with stand-up comedy, and I was into Gaffigan, and I was into Brian Regan, and I was uh, really into all the whole tough crowd guys, and yeah, that yeah. were. You know, I was, I think, I was listening to Opie Anthony a bunch back then, or whatever it was. So she was like, "Hey, this will help, you know, whatever it is." So it was really nice because that was the right idea. And then, but I still was like, "Ugh!" And I, I was living in Long Island at my mom's at the time, so I was like probably my mid twenties. I forget what it was, and. Uh, I went to an open mic in Long Island and I walked in and they were all writing their notebooks and I was like, yeah, and I walked right out. <laughs> I just, ba- uh. I just bailed because I was like, ah, oh, this is like, I was, because it's, I'm very insecure and I was got insecure and I walked out and I didn't try it again until another like couple, like maybe a year over a year where after I moved back into the city, I, I got a job in the city. I moved to Brooklyn with my friends and I decided like after work one time I was going to go, uh, I was gonna go check out an open mic, so I, uh, I was went and started doing open mics. I, actually, the way it first started was I was helping to produce a show, and then I went and I checked out the open mic. It, it was I don't know if you remember this one. You probably don't because it probably might have been after you started. I mean, before you started. Uh, Maui Taco. Do you remember that mic? I remember talking about Maui Taco near near Thirty uh, Third Street, Thirty Third Empire, Empire State Building. It was brutal. Scary. It's one of those places that you go and it's. I think I went there and I didn't know there was a mic. I thought, is there a mic? <laughs> yeah, downstairs. <laughs> it smelled bad. There was all the lights were on. The stage were on. It was two milk crates with a sheet over it that you go on top of. Uh, uh, it was just brutal. It was all, and people would come down and be eating their dinner while they were while you were doing the open <laughs> mic and stuff like that, and like they weren't even you know they're looking the other way. Uh, and that was the first one I did. I went to go check that out, and I think that was the moment that I was like, "Oh, I watched it, watched it." And I was like, "Oh, this is like, this is terrible." And I could, if I, I'm like, I kind of had the idea of like, well, I and I was watching people bomb at it, but everybody was bombing at it, you know, whatever. And I was like, "Oh, I can do that. I can bomb here." And I was like, I felt that made me feel a little bit easier. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I was like, "All right, well, at so least I'll it's get, safe." Yeah, at least it's, it's safe. safe. So right. that made me feel better. And then I went back to to Maui Taco, and I got. A couple shots, and I got a beer, and then I went up and I did five minutes, and, that, and then from there I started doing other open mics, and then I like I think a little while later from that I moved into the city and then started going to like you know Village Lantern and stuff like that. But yeah, I always wanted to do it. Uh, me and my dad, I my, got into comedy through my dad. My dad was really funny, and then he introduced me to stand up, uh, which is like you know a pretty cliche story, but it's true. And um, yeah, the moment that it was was like I I was always funny as a kid. Like I w- I could do well with my friends, and then like at the dinner table, I would kill at the dinner table. Yeah. So like I liked like, there was a couple different moments in my life where I it was it was as close to stand up as it could be, where you're getting that 
that natural laugh that the way you say something that's the the life equivalent of a punchline where right, you just right. say something and then it gets a laugh and you're like whoa you're taking it back a little bit you're like and it gets like a, it kills really hard right 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 so right. you're like oh yeah that's a good feeling and that's and what I realized later is that the, that's the same feeling as when you tell a joke on stage right like right. I did I'm you know telling I forget what I did dinner at dinner making comments or whatever it is or 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 being funny at dinner and then killing there and then I had one time I did a I was part of this like youth adult participation project thing. It was like one of these like <laughs> youth adult. Yeah, it was like a thing I was supposed to put on my college resume or something like. That. It was like one of these like um these charity thing, you know, not charity but like community group kind of things and it looks good on your resume for college. So my mom was like, "Hey, you should join this thing." So I went to it once and they had they oh, it was we did nothing. They were it was supposed to be all, people of all ages getting together to decide how to correct a society's problems and you know, problems in the cities and stuff <laughs> like that. It was like it was like a think tank but nobody gave a shit. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like nobody cares. So basically, I go, um, I go into this, this 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 discussion group, and we're there, and the leader of the group is you know, leading the discussion, and one of the girls that was in the group, she goes, uh, she go, the leader goes, okay, uh, anybody have a problem coming up or anything like that? And this one girl goes, yeah, I have a big test coming up, and I'm really nervous about it. I don't know what, how do I take care of that problem? And I was like, I was like, well, that's weird, whatever. And then the uh, the leader goes. What can we tell Jennifer to help her with her big test coming up? And I just said the answers. I go the answers to the, t- the answers to the test, <laughs> and that killed. It killed. I remember, and, I, and it was like, and it was the closest thing to a stand-up show I remember because it was all people I barely knew, and it was like all ages. And I remember, and we're sitting. It's like you were almost like I was the head of the circle, and it was kind of sitting like an audience. And and I'm like, I'm like that feels fucking good, like whatever. So from then, <laughs> I always think back to that moment where I was like, yeah, that's. That's why I always love comedy because it's like I loved getting that reaction of it. So, so over time, and then I, then I, um, I started. I was like, I'm, I don't have enough guts to do it, but I was like, I'm gonna produce comedy shows and I'll be around it. And then I produced them and I met comics and I, I knew a bunch of comics. And then, and then after a while, I, I, uh, I started doing open mics and stuff like that. So, th- yeah. so it was like it was a long time coming. I started when I was 28. So, um. It was a long time coming, but I it was from like I wanted to do it since I was a kid, and I was oh, I've always been into stand up, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. And then and then I and I always the way I thought of it was, uh, I'll give this a year. If I get better, I'll keep going. Yeah. And after a year, and here that's the that's the funny part when you first start too, because when you first start. <laughs> You what you think is getting better? You still suck. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> a year in, I still sucked, but I was like, I felt like I was getting more laughs and I was doing better on stage or whatever. So I was like, I'll keep going. And then I was like, I'll give myself five years, and if I get better, I'll keep going. And then I went to five years, and by that point, I was so in it, I didn't even remember my whole plan. I was just like, fuck it, I'm gonna keep going. And then where I am now, as far as working, I never thought that would happen. Never. I never. I never had enough confidence to think like I'm gonna be a working comic because. It's such a different animal in the city than it is everywhere else. I feel like guys in the Midwest, if you want to work as a comic, you can kind of get that thing going and you get to do a lot of time and whatever it is. New York, you kind of like, you're not getting paid. Like, you know, you get paid, everywhere else you get paid for any any different set you do. But I feel like here, it takes so long to get paid, you're like, oh, I'll just always be at these open mics. Like, you're not even, you know what I'm saying? You're like, you don't even think it's going to get to the point of, and then, or you're like, and there's like a lot of, it's it makes you better so much faster, but it also... You get that really good five minute set, but then when you go into a half hour, you're kind of like, "Oh shit, I'm a little bit nervous doing a half hour." You know, that was early on, but I'm saying it happens. So right. that's what my my whole thing was was like, I was like, "All right, I don't I don't want to be the guy who I think I'm funny and nobody else does." That's what I was in my head. Oh, I wanted to I want to get better. I wanted to I want to be good at this. I wanted to to go well, and then to the point that I'm at now with with the TV stuff and stuff like that. I when that happened, I was 
floor because I did not think it would happen. I didn't think it would. Right, right. Yeah, but that's also I my mean, own. I mean, Letterman, when did, how did Letterman, how did you, I mean, you knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah, I got. How many auditions did you do for them? And did they tell you the order? Mm-hmm. Did they, how many, know, you know? Oh, they're very, they were very, well, they're gone now, but they were very strict about, uh, you did what you worked on with them. Like Conan, they were like, hey, not that you could throw a joke in, but if you wanted to throw a joke in the, maybe the couple days before Conan, they probably would have been cool with that. If I would have been like, hey, I want to do this joke instead of this. If he heard it and he was like, yeah, all right, cool. He would have been fine with that. They're way more laid back. Uh, Letterman was awesome, and it was my first late night spot, so I was like so excited. But they're very – like they come to see you like two nights before you go up, and they time it out, make sure everything's timed out properly. It's exactly the script that they they give you, the script you approve, the script that you say, or you probably have a – you probably wouldn't be able to go back. I never went back anyway, but I mean like – so basically – the way it came about was I got recommended to do an audition at UCB uh, by uh, Emily Heller and uh, this guy Adam Conover, who was great for doing that because it helped me tremendously. And they recommended me. I went to the audition. It was like a showcase audition. The bookers were there. I did eight minutes. I remember cursing during my audition. And I, that, that's another thing I'll talk about because I realized after a while the be yourself thing is such a uh, – it seems like such a ha- like a hacky, cliched advice, but – it's so what what you're supposed to do. But I did that audition, and then I got contacted from them like a, maybe like a couple weeks later, and I was in Atlanta. I was doing that Laughing Skull Festival, and they were like, hey, can you come do this other one at Caroline's in a month and do the, bring these jokes, do these jokes? And I was like, sure. And that was the producer audition, and then I went and did that, and then we worked on the set back and forth for a couple months. It, the whole process took six months. Wow. Because, and wow. that sometimes, I think that's, fairly short for that I think sometimes it takes like a year sometimes it takes eight months sometimes it takes three months probably but I think it's it's a pretty average amount of time to take that um, and that's how it came about it was the two auditions and then working with the bookers once the producers gave the go ahead sorry once the producers gave the go ahead the um, the bookers that worked with me left you know on the on the on the set wow but one thing I realized about these showcases and it, I always tell people this and I have conversations about this with people when it comes up is one of the things I'm glad I did is uh, that I stopped worrying about doing the exact set that you would do on the show. Say you have a, a showcase for something. I didn't, and granted, I do. I'm loose on stage and I do crowd work and all that kind of stuff. But I, a long time ago, I auditioned for some Comedy Central comics to watch thing, and I remember being so in my head and going, and they were like, "Hey, it's a showcase. You got to do exactly your set." And I went up there and I bombed so badly because right. I was so worried about it. Right, but. And I was like, you know what? I, I kind of took a thing in my head where I was like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to just be myself, and I'm going to riff for the first 10 seconds and then go into the set. And it, it worked out. And, like, like, you know what I'm saying? It's one of those things where I think it's not going to hurt you, obviously, because that Letterman thing, I cursed. I cursed in that Letterman set, and I did Letterman. I, I did Adam Devine. I, I did crowd I didn't crowd work. I made fun of the host. He was Mike Lawrence. He was my friend. I made yeah. fun of him for yeah. 30 seconds and then did the set, and they don't care. They just want to see that you can – I think – Seeing comfortability goes a long way. Right. Yeah. Right, so right. whenever people ask me about that stuff, I always say, I'm like, just don't do the entire set crowd work. Don't do that. That'll screw you up. Don't do the entire set riffing and coming off the top of your head. No, that will. But if you if you need a couple of seconds to get, uh, you know, connected relaxed, to connected to the room, right. to take it, take it. They're not yeah. gonna. My experience now, maybe it was different back in the 80s and the 90s. My experience now is that they don't care because I've done two of the things that I did that on. So is it what I, am I special? No. Yeah. Right. Okay, well, it's funny. Corey Kahaney was telling me that she did, I don't know, she had some uh, earlier episodes. She was just sharing how she had done X, Y, Z. She was trying to do all this. She'd always choke because she's like, 
because you know they're there and you're like it, the stakes are on so yes. she said fuck it and she was over I think at a comic strip she was like 11 o'clock show she said fuck it and she just went off on the audience and just because she was just like I give right, up right right of course and, uh, and then the the manager called her and said, hey you know you had that audition for Letterman she's like what audition I had a shitty this was the shittiest night of my life she's like no they were at the comic strip and they saw you and she's like what <laughs> I fucking swore. I did all this shit. She said, well, they'd like to have you fly out to Bolton. And she's like, you know, she got all this work. I mean, it was just yeah, like yeah. she wasn't in her head at all. And she was completely free. Yeah. So it's like. Right, that's exactly it. That's what I'm saying. They they respond to that. They respond more to an honest moment than they, from what, from what I can tell than they would just you being like, "Hello, I am from blah 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 right, blah blah blah." Right, and right, I do right. This and I have a wife and three kids. And, I, and like, like it, 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 not that it, but the jokes still have to be good and they have to be right. funny. But if you're looser with it and you're there and you know you act like you've been there before, they're like, okay, maybe they they respond to that more. It's more they're going for personality a lot of time. You know? Right, right. And then so so what moment did you I mean because like you're do you feel like you're there no because like, what's there like what's your there what would your I mean it's always going to be a journey but you know it's like the idea of we there yet like when like what is the thing on your on your I think I'm a working comic I think that I think that's uh, I've, I can say that at this point um, working comic I am. I said it weird, like I'm Yoda. Like, <laughs> Yoda. Working comic, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Work, um, crowd working of the crowd. <laughs> working the crowd. I work the crowd. I do. Uh, <laughs> but am I there yet? No. I think now there yet has changed. I think this this was the '80s. I would be there because I'd be working a lot more than I'm working now. I work a bunch of road stuff, but nobody knows who I am. Um, I think not stand enough, up not wise, enough hate tweets. You need more. Hate I, tweets. I need more hate tweets. Exactly. <laughs> One's not going to cut it. I need like a whole. Team. I need an anti. I need someone yeah. with an anti. I need a barrage. I need yeah. a barrage of hate tweets. Um, I think what happens is, I think now to be there, you have to not. You want to get something where, and it's always like like you said, it's a journey. You're always striving for that next thing. But I think I've made it to a point. Yes. Right. Am I happy with where I've made it? Yeah, I am. But I. But you do want that next thing. It's like will help everything to me feed stand-up stand-up was the f reason i got into it and what i realized over time is uh, a lot of time what a lot of this, this industry doesn't care about is stand-up they they love personalities and they love how honest stand-ups are and they can be themselves and they act very naturally on camera and they whatever but i think stand-up to them is like they're like yeah yeah, yeah that's great well we want to get you a show we want you to be on this show we want to try to try out for this and that's though that's like that's a foreign thing to me like i've done a couple of different acting things and that's like the point where it's like i just want to be the point where I can get a, I just want to get a couple of paydays where you can just put that away and not worry about it. But I don't know if that'll ever happen. You never know if it's going to happen, but I think it's the kind of thing where I don't think I'm there yet. I don't, I'm not comfortable. I think either I would like to be, I always want to get funnier. I want to be, I want my jokes to get better. I want, I want to be comfortable. Uh, I think I always want my jokes to get better. I, I want to be, I, you, you kind of want to get an audience in a way. You want to, like the way I did Pete Holmes's podcast once in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and uh, I think it was Grand Rapids, yeah, and uh, it was a live podcast, and this guy, like, to have that kind of life where it's like, and Pete's awesome, and that kind of, he has like a audience, and you know, it's, it's very something to be like, yeah, I want to Pete Holmes' career, but it's, I'm not saying that, I want to have my own career, <laughs> but what I'm version. saying, right, right. yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is like, 
you, you he walks out. It's like it's good to you cut out that little niche of fans that can come see you and they're really into you and stuff like that. So I think that's what I'd like. I think that just happens over time. Hopefully, if you keep going and getting better and and you have still have something to say and you're and you I think I'm, if I'm honest enough with myself and I and I I keep improving the, the you know, what I'm putting out there and 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 uh, you know you know just um, molding and forming my my act and my persona. Like I think that. Uh, then I'll get to where I want to get. Like I, I want to get to the point where I'm comfortable with myself, which which will take a while. But uh, there yet, as far as career goes, no, because there's a lot more stuff I could do. I think I think I'm 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 to a point. I'm definitely to a point. Like I the the half hour and and the late night spots and stuff is is huge. Like I never thought I would get to that point. But now that you're in it, it's the kind of thing where you still the way it is now, especially with what we were talking about. How this it kind of comes full circle back to that, right. where this world where it's like, hey. W- you know, what have you done for me lately kind of thing. You kind of have to, every once in a while, you have to stick your head up and be like, hey, I'm on TV, I'm still relevant, and you go right, back down. Then right. you come, and then you do a bunch of stand-up, and you go, hey, I'm on this TV show, I'm still relevant, and you come back down. You know what I'm saying? So right, I right, think right. that's the point. But I would love to get to the point where it's like, you do one of these shows that runs for a couple of years, you're set for 10 years, and you and you, and you you bank some cash. I want to be comfortable enough money-wise where I can I can do I can do as much stand-up as I want on my own terms. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, you want to get to that right. point where you have a stand-up career, where you have a following an audience uh, that's the big goal is like you have this audience that you're like okay I'm good with st- like stand up wise I'm good you know and whenever TV stuff comes it's like I think that's like winning a mini lottery anyway you know it's almost like a scratch off ticket that you're like oh awesome I can do this too and that'll help me add money to the bank so I can do more stand up that's, that's right, what comes right right because you're, you're a comic you love um, that I, I, like, yeah I, lo- I, I like comedy that's I you know, when you first I didn't get into it I think some guys get into it uh, thinking, oh, I'm going to do stand-up and then I'm going to do acting and I'm going to be on SNL or I'm going to be on my uh, show, whatever. When I first started, I did not think that. I thought, I was like, I just want to be a stand-up. I just want to do stand-up and, I, and that's it. But the way it is now and the more, I've done a little bit of acting stuff in there and it is fun. So I, I do like doing that, but I'm not like an actor per se, but I'm like, I do enjoy that. And if I can get that stuff, yeah, if I, if I can you know, try to, if, that, if they are willing to give it to me, sure, yeah, whatever, I would do that. And then that helps, that helps stand up also because somebody goes, hey, I saw you here. Hey, I saw you here, that kind of thing. It's all incremental. It's all slow. It's like, you know, whatever it is. So that's where I want to get to. You want to get to a point where you're comfortable, you, f- you feel strong on stage. I feel like a strong headliner. Right now I feel like a kind of a pretty good headliner. You know, I'm okay. But the more I do it, the more I want to get comfortable. I want to be able to you – you snap out an hour, no problem. You right. could sit there for two hours if you wanted to, and it would be a quality show. You know, right, So I just right. want to keep getting better at stand-up, basically. And right. I don't think I'm there yet. No, I don't, not even close. I, wanna, I think I'm at a point – but I don't think I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, like, like you look at Louis. Louis's at a point where he's been doing 30 years. That is a guy, the way I equate Louis C.K. to people, I don't equate it, but I mean, the way I talk about, that is a guy who's definitely comfortable with who he is on stage. Like, he, that guy talks in how he writes. Do you know what I'm saying? And the way right. I, I, I was right. talking to my friend about it, the way I see it is, like, the way I am now, I'm, I'm, you're still trying to find, like, I'm not talking how I'm writing. I'm trying to come up with funny shit. That, he can just go up and talk, and the jokes are pouring out of his mouth. And, yeah, he's probably writing a lot of that down pre, pre-show, but a lot of it's coming up to him on stage when he's up there. And the way I think of it is, in The Matrix, not to be too corny about it, remember in The Matrix, before he's the, the one or whatever it is, and then after he can see in that green digitized right, ones right, and zeros, right, right, right. that's how I think of Louis C.K. That guy right, just, right. he thinks and he acts and he lives his life in that... Yeah, fully it, actualized. Fully actualized in that thing of like, he's been doing it 30 years, that guy, and he just knows... You know what he does on stage. He's been on so many stages, it's like it's like breathing. It doesn't matter. It's, it, 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 not that it doesn't matter, I mean, but it's it's... 
it's just uh, it's second nature. It does not, right. you know, it, it's that's I would love to get that's the point you get to with experience. And if I want to keep going enough and have and keep being a working comic enough so I can get to, hopefully get to that point right. of like, hey, I'm completely comfortable and I um, and, and I'm still enjoying it. You still want to enjoy it. You never right. get to the point where you don't enjoy it. Uh, you might get burnt out sometimes. Like even now, you get bur- you get burnt out sometimes. You do a bunch of shows and a bunch of days, and you get burnt out. But yeah, so that's where I'm at. I'm at a point, but I'm not where I'm not. I haven't made it. No, no, right. not even close. Still hungry. Still, Still hungry. hungry. Yeah, Which exactly. Is good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good to be that, that way. That's what makes the com. If you see someone go up there, just they're they're texting in their show. You know. Yeah. Right? Like, exactly. Yeah. So where I, are you from? <sighs> I yeah. don't care. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And I've 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 been there on occasion where I've been at shows where I'm like. You spots that you like don't give a shit about, but right. then you kind of get rejuvenated with certain things, you know. Right. So right. whatever, but that's that's how I feel about me right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so great. It was so great to have you. Now you now there's a few things I always wanted to plug. You have your podcast, My Dumb Friends. My Dumb Friends. Yeah, it's on the All Things Comedy Podcast Network, which is uh, Al Madrigal and Bill Burr's network. Um, it's good. It's great. There's a bunch of great podcasts on the network. Me and uh, another comic, Dan St. Germain. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, Dan, yeah. right? Oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, we do it where um, each week we have uh, comics and other people come on and they talk about the dumbest things they've uh, done in their life. Like, like you know, like uh, a lot of drunk stories, hookup stories, sc- like high school, college stories, stuff like that. And it's it's, it's it's doing it's doing good. We're, we're having a good time doing it, and people seem to dig it for the most part. And, and uh, so yeah, so that's 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 the premise of the show. So if you can, please listen to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you you're you just dropped an album. I just dropped an album like uh, two months ago. Uh, it's called Manual Labor Face. I'm really proud of it. I've been getting like what I was talking about. Where <laughs> and earlier on, I'm getting a pretty decent reaction from it. Uh, so if please listen to it, buy it. It's on iTunes. Uh, and it's on Co- CC Direct, which is Comedy Central's like website for albums, I guess. Uh, and it's on Comedy Central Records. Um, yeah, it's called Manual Labor Face. Sean Donnelly. You'll see my face. I'm gonna tuxedo on the cover. You can't miss me. Yeah, but that's <laughs> but, but yeah, but definitely if you've enjoyed this, please buy the album. <laughs> oh my God, Sean, I'm so thankful that you, you know, joined us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you yeah. having me, man. For more information, you can go to wtypodcast.com. That's wtypod.com. Uh, SeanDonnellyComedy.com It'll all be there Just click on the link And you'll get all the information For all these great things It's podcast It's album And more appearances Actually you'll be at Art House in Jersey City uh, In February February 13th Yes That's yeah. right yeah. You're going to be at Stress Factory what? Stress Factory this coming weekend This weekend Yeah I don't know if this will be out by then Oh this will be out in the next 48 hours Oh okay cool Yeah yeah Oh okay so this weekend The dates are uh, The 7th, 8th, and 9th maybe Or the what are, Where are we at? 2, 9 So the 7th, 8th Yeah 7th, 8th, and 9th Thursday, Friday, Saturday In uh, in uh, New Brunswick uh, Stress Factory It's me and Joe List uh, Co-headlining Oh cool uh, I'm not sure who's opening I think it might be the guy Jeff that uh, hosts there a bunch So so it's going to be awesome shows So come on out if, you, if you're in the area Okay great Thank you so much Sean Thank Donnelly. you Rich great. Appreciate it buddy Okay Bye-bye. Bye. W-T-Y. It's a comedy journey. 